merciful God, mighty Lord, how we come before your presence with thanksgiving and praise. God, forgive us of our sins. Watch over us, O great Jehovah. Lord, we will make a joyful noise unto you when we come into your presence. God, we thank you. We appreciate you. God, we thank you as we have been unwrapping Christmas. We know that it is all about you. Nothing that is done, the gifts under the tree, the decorations, that's not what Christmas is about. Christmas is about the, your birth through the Virgin Mary coming into this earth, taking on a fleshy form so that we may be reconciled back to the only one true God. So God, we come before you with thanksgiving and praise in our heart, God. We enter into your gates with thanksgiving and to your courts with praise. God, let the, let the joyful noise behind me with the, with the musicians and the dancers be a sweet savior unto you. God, keep us close to you. Let us always remember who you are and who we are in you. God, we thank you and we love you. We appreciate this time and this moment and we take nothing for granted. God, for we know that with you all things are possible. So God, as they begin to sing, praise, and worship you, we ask that you cover our pastor. Let him preach an uncompromising word. Strengthen his body. Strengthen him, almighty God, that he may preach the word that we need to know in here as we move forward as your children. Be with us, almighty God. Show us, reform us, revive us, renew us. Direct us as only you can. God, and we will be careful to always give your name the praise, glory, and honor you so rightfully deserve. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. baby born would pave the way for a new day in a broken world that is torn. His name from birth carries power. Emmanuel, Jesus, Savior, the King. Who would have ever imagined such a gift would prepare the way for mankind to be saved? A child in its divine infancy, orchestrated by his father's will, one that would erase the iniquity of man, one that can heal a broken heart, and one who can cause a storm to be still. We embrace this Lamb of God. We stand in awe of his majestic, magnificent, and mesmerizing glory. Who would have ever imagined this life-changing story? A child is born. 
that your baby boy would one day walk on Stop.
Young people, what is the reason for the season? Jesus. What's the reason for the season? Jesus. Jesus is indeed the reason for the season. It says in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, it said, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. So on behalf of our pastor, Pastor Rady Brown, and the entire church family, we want to welcome you, members and guests. I want to ask right now, do we have any, anyone visiting with us for the very first time? Anyone? I, okay, I do see a few hands back there. Thank God for you. Thank God for you. Now, we'd like for you to get to know a little bit about us. So what I want to ask you to do is I want you to take out your phone and I want you to text the word GUEST to 830-689-8074. And we want to have the opportunity to get a little, know a little bit more about you as well. If you're watching us online, welcome and thank you for joining us. We pray that now as we, as we get ready to move forward in this service, we want to recognize those people who have on their Christmas sweaters. All right. All right. Well, yeah, okay. If you, if you just happen to see a sweater that says, you know what, that's a bad sweater right there. That is a bad, I like that sweater. I don't have any Christmas sweaters, but I see a lot of them. She stood up. You see, she, she wanted, I'm voting for you just because you stood, uh-oh, got another one over there. Oh, that, all right, stand up if you think you got on the baddest Christmas sweater. Okay, okay. All right, in the back back there. All right, we got some. Is, is, that, is that Christmas? That look more like, that's an African, oh, oh, Kwanzaa, okay, my bad. Kwanzaa, okay, I got you, I got you. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna cut up, I'm gonna take my seat and get out of the way and let these young people do their thing, but hey, Pastor Brown is coming with a powerful word today, so yeah. buckle up and a word of advice, get your Bibles out because he's going to teach and also preach today. Thank you. Test, test. Devin, I'm going to stop my praise. Hello, good morning. Young people, are you ready to go higher? I said, are you ready to go higher? All right, young people, because Jesus is the reason for the season. It ain't about Santa Claus. It ain't about none of that. All right.
I got about 26 seats, amen, and you can come and get those seats right now if you are a guest mainly, amen. Uh, uh, mm, mm -hmm. Where your sweater at? Oh, you wasn't here last Sunday. Okay, I ain't messing with you. Come on, come on, come on. Let's give God praise for the fact that we got a full house today. Amen. We got a full house. Amen. We thank you for your patience. We're trying to build you a bigger building at some point in time. Amen. And make some more room and some more space for you. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, yeah, you just pay your tithes and your offering. Amen. Mm. Amen. Somebody just kept looking straight with their hand on their hip. Amen. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it was one of them kind of churches. Amen. Yes, where we love the Lord. Amen. 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 Come on. Come on. God bless you. Come on. Let's give God praise for them. Let's give God praise for our young people, our children, our babies. How many believe that the Lord's name is excellent? in all the earth. You ought to make some noise if you believe that today. Come on, make some noise for these young people as they sing and lead us further in worship.
It's all right. Let the Lord know that you love him right now. Just let the Lord love on the Lord right now. Today is a day to give God a gift. Give him the gift of your praise. Give him the gift of your praise. Give him the gift of your praise. If you're not ashamed right now, if you're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, if, if he's been good to you, if he's been good to you, if he woke you up this morning, if, if he started you on your own,
with us, bow your head with us. Father, we are grateful, we are thankful on this Christmas Eve to be in your house, to be in this fellowship. We give you the praise. For you alone are worthy. We give you all the glory. We come to adore you. In fact, every day is Christmas in the life of a believer and Easter. Because not only were you born, not only did you live, not only did you die, but you got up early on the third day with all power in your hand. And we ask for your anointing. Anoint us afresh now for the preaching of the word. Bless your name. Let it be glorified. Bless your word. Let it be magnified. Bless your people. Let them be edified. Let the words of our mouth, the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. Our strength, our redeemer, in Jesus' name we pray. Can you just say with me, amen? amen. And all the people said, amen. Come on and give your God another great big hand of praise. Amen. You may, you may remain standing. You may remain standing. Amen. To all the people on the front row, amen. Y'all can stand and listen. If you're on the front row, that's normally where my deacons stand and my, my loudest amens are usually right here. So if y'all can, amen, y'all can, amen, give me some, see, 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 take note of this sister. She's happy. And if you're happy and you know what, say, oh, we're going to have some church in this place. Amen. Now y'all already know what y'all supposed to do. Amen. Amen. Uh, Jack, you took notes from the last service, so I need you just to be, you know, attentive at this. You took notes last service. You want to, no, you don't need to do that, because I know if I ask you, you'll preach it. Amen. Hey, Jack is always ready. Amen. To y'all over here, amen. I need y'all to overpower the music. Amen. Amen. To y'all that are in the overflow room, say amen so loud we can hear you in here. Amen. I hear you. Amen. Listen, we're concluding this series of messages that we were excited about. We've been excited about Christmas Unwrapped. What we've been doing in this series of sermons from Matthew's chapter 1 and Matthew chapter 2 is examining some people who were there at the Christmas event, but they missed the Christmas event, but they didn't want to miss the Christmas experience. <clears throat> and so many of us miss the experience trying to figure out what the event is all about. Everywhere you look, you see the event. <clears throat> but what is the true experience? We're going to talk about it here today because we began this series talking about the journey towards Christmas. We talked about the opportunities we miss at Christmas and the choices we should make at Christmas. Today, we're going to talk about the gifts we should give. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, there is a gift, many gifts, but especially one gift that you should give at Christmas. Thank God for the gift of water. Amen. <clears throat> Travel with me to Matthew's gospel once again to chapter 2. We want to begin at verses 9 through 11, and we're, we're reading from the New Living Translation. I'm thankful for these young people who are just, again, amen. And our musicians, amen. Listen for a word from God. After this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went abroad, it went ahead of them, and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house, saw the child with his mother, Mary. They bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests, gave him gifts, gold, 
frankincense and myrrh. I want to tag this text with this title, The Gifts We Give. You may be seated in the presence of our God. Thank you, ushers. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. Amen. What, can I ask you a question? What's the worst gift you've ever received? I'm not talking about the gift you got at the white elephant gift exchange that, <laughs> that you left behind hiding under the couch pillow, <laughs> but a true gift that you were given that was really bad. Some of y'all just shaking your head. I see you. A few years ago, Time Magazine ran a story about some of the worst gifts readers had ever been given. Can I share it with you? One woman shared that for years, her mother-in-law had bought the other daughter-in-law expensive perfume and makeup, but proceeded to give this daughter-in-law the free gifts that came with them. Another reader shared how he was given a manila folder for Christmas. Yes, just one manila folder. Okay. That one was generous compared to another reader whose spouse always told him things will be cheaper after Christmas. And then never actually gave anything saying, I owe you one. Perhaps we all know something about, y'all quiet, so y'all know about bad gifts when you see it. But I want to suggest to you today, though, that it's not just the gift itself that makes the gift bad at Christmas. It's the attitude of the giver. If a giver has a thoughtful and caring and loving attitude, then even a bad gift isn't quite as bad. Think about it for just a moment. Because in contrast, if the giver has an attitude shaded with spite and vengefulness and insincerity, no matter what they gave, it's a bad gift because of the spirit they had when they gave it. That's not to say that you would turn down the winning ticket to the Mega Millions lottery just because a person had a bad attitude. However, we can't deny that the gifts that people who are behind them impacts the quality of the gift. That being said, how can we be this Christmas the sort of givers that dignify grace in the gifts that we give? Or simply put, how can we be the real gift this year? beyond what we actually put in packages and wrapped with bows and placed under trees. Thoughtfulness goes a long way, but how easy it is to be thoughtful in the blitz uh, and dash of this season. It's hard to be thoughtful. Sincerity is significant, but how easy it is it to be sincere with all the high expectations that are and the demands that are put on you during this season. Generosity is critical and key, but how is it really easy to be truly generous in a season that combines us with all types of requests and commercialism, and then certainly love? That should be the foundation. 
Love should be underneath, above, and behind it all, y'all. But how is it, how easy is it to love with all the Christmas chaos? You find a parking space and somebody jumps in right before you get ready to turn in. All the ugliness that surrounds the traffic. You thought you were shopping on time and just to go in and find out that the lines are real long. All that stuff surfaces this time of year. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. So can I ask you again, how can you be the real gift this year beyond what we actually put in packages wrapped with bows placed under the tree? Ironically, my brothers and my sisters, you came to the right place at the right time and you're hearing the right word because our answer lies in looking back at the first Christmas to those who actually gave gifts. Can I tell it one more time? I've been preaching in this church for 33 years, so can I give it to you for the 33rd time? It was the Magi or the wise men who came and brought gifts to Mary and Joseph to honor the birth of Christ. Now that's ironic that they would be the ones teaching us because they weren't even of Hebrew heritage. They're not even Christians. Oh, y'all not even hearing me. They, they were a combination of priests and philosophers from Persia, astrologers who looked to the night sky to make astrological predictions like ancient horoscope readers. Granted, they were renowned in the Roman Empire for their ability to interpret dreams and unlock mysteries about the futures. It's just that they had to be a little bit odd and eccentric with their gaze always turned upward, carefully recording the movement of stars and objects in the sky. But it was with their gaze, y'all, as they were looking in the sky, they were constantly searching for connections between images and dreams and future happenings. They were religiously and politically and economically influential in Persia, so much so, y'all, that their predictions and their interpretations could make or break a ruler wherever they were. The Hebrews didn't want to have anything to do with them. And so the most anticipated and promised Hebrew event in history, the coming of the Messiah, it's ironic that foreign astrologers who dabbled in questionable disciplines would show up, much less be a gift at Christmas. Boy, y'all need to grasp this. They were a gift, not because of what they gave, but because of the kind of givers that they were. And I need to pause right here and have a preaching moment because it shows us that God can use anybody at any time to do anything God chooses. Look at your neighbor and say, that means you too. And can I tell you what you already know about God? God often uses the unexpected to do the unanticipated. Like a well-worn shepherd's staff in the ha hands of an aging Moses to part the Red Sea. 
or like the rock in a slingshot in the hands of a teenage David to defeat a national threat, or like a baby born on the backside of a barn in Bethlehem who came to save the whole world. God often uses the unexpected to do the unanticipated. In Matthew chapter 2, there's an amazing story, one whose familiarity may rob us of its profundity. We're too familiar with it that we read past the lines. We, we, we're too familiar with the story that we really don't even see what's in the story. But can you imagine for just one moment being in Jerusalem at that time? Can I transport you back for just for a moment? The, the, the normal run of the meal life is going on out of nowhere. There's this grand procession taking place. And there are these men. Y'all stand up, Jack. St st stand up, uh, uh, Victor. Uh, uh, stand, stand up, Felton. Sharp. Stand up. I'm, yeah, there's Felton right there. I was looking at you. When I look at you, no matter what name I give you, stand up. Sharp men just proceed to go through all the crowd and sit in the front seat. Sit down. <laughs> Out of nowhere, this entourage shows up. Peculiar looking men. Who are they? Stick a pin right there. We know them as the wise men. Because you've seen scenes of wise men. You've, you've seen the nativity scenes of wise men. One writer said, if it had been wise women, they wouldn't have never been lost. Can I get a witness? <laughs> Brothers, keep looking straight. <laughs> That's a whole nother message. We really don't know how many wise men there were. That's the truth. The Bible does not say three. We three kings of Orient are. It's a nice song. It's not accurate. But history settled on three probably because they brought three gifts. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Either case, this group emerged out of the entourage as they were heading towards Herod's palace and what a palace it was. And as they got there, Herod welcomed them. He understood, respected, and revered the Magi, the wise men who were outside of Israel. It was not his preference. It, he didn't really want to entertain them, but uh, his interest was about power, not about people. But he welcomed them because he wanted to hear what these wise men had to say. And the news that they delivered was as unwelcome as it was unsettling. They had come to welcome the new king. Y'all ain't getting this. This, uh, this idea of a new king being born in a new royal bloodline was an insinuation of the illegitimacy of the current king. The, these wise men reveal that the basis of their confirmation was rooted in the affirmation of a new star that shined in the east. A new star that pierced the dark canopy of the midnight sky. The connection of a new star, you got to hear me well here, and a new king eludes us because we live in contemporary times. But in this ancient world, it was a fairly common connection made. In fact, during that time, the general belief was that a comment meant a change in leadership, a change in emperor, 
the Magi saw a new star and concluded there's a new king. The wise men noticed what no one else had. Are y'all staying with me? The birth of a new king, the advent of God's historically unique anointed king who would come to rescue his people. Now I'm gonna try to make this as, as plain as I can without being boring. The king that everybody had been waiting for for all these years had finally arrived. Now come here quick for a moment because everybody didn't have the sensitivity to recognize God at work, especially in some new, unexpected, non-traditional way. But they did. And that's why you should never be surprised when you tell somebody what God has shown you and they respond by saying they can't see it because not everybody has the sensitivity to recognize God at work in new, unexpected, and non-traditional ways. I'm preaching a lot better than y'all saying amen. See, we're comfortable, and we long for God to do things in a very normal fashion and, and, and ways that fit our expectation, but God is sovereign. Somebody ought to say sovereign. Y'all know what that means, right? However he feels like do that means God can use anybody at any time to do anything that God chooses a new star means there's a new king but it also meant the heartache and trouble and uh, for the current king because they were on the hook to be replaced and that's why Herod reacted the way that he did having schemed his way into power he has no plans to concede, he, he's not going to leave office easy, y'all ain't, y'all, y'all, y'all ain't, y'all. Uh. <laughs> so he begins to scheme, find ways to turn the election, I mean, to, to stay in office. <laughs> it's a fraud. <laughs> So he needs to pin down the location. He's even willing to kill this new arrival to his throne. Doesn't matter his age or importance. Herod needs to pin down the location. And so he's getting the scribes to zero in on his location using an obscure text from an obscure prophet by the name of Micah. Sometimes people use the word for their own purposes. But he didn't have enough sense to know that if I'm gonna find where the baby's going to be born, I've heard about it being pinned and scribed somewhere in the, what did Micah say about it? And once he discovered that with the location pinpointed, he needed to know now who the actual child was so he could take him out. And so he devised this scheme to make the wise men his unknown accomplices. Here he learns now the timing of the star's appearance because that helps him to determine the age of the child. He sends them away to find the child with instructions to return so that he can uh, worship him. He's got the exact location. He tells them, I wanna welcome and worship this child. Instead of Herod or any Hebrew scribes going first, watch this. Herod didn't see him. 
the Hebrew scribes didn't go in. They had opportunities to find the child to be the first to find God's promised Messiah, but it was the wise men, the Magi. Y'all getting some good word today, y'all don't even know it. They were the first people to offer the official, they were the welcoming team. They were the frontline workers. These odd, uncommon, peculiar men. <laughs> y'all, it's not the who's who and the powers that be. The leading scribes and teachers, they're not the first. Y'all getting this? Religious or political dignitaries to, 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 to welcome this newborn king. It's a bunch of bizarre foreigners. Immigrants, well, who dabbled in questionable disciplines, the Magi set out with the entire entourage to Bethlehem to find this unique child. Y'all stay with me. They followed the star till it stops over the house where Christ was. And when they saw the Christ child, they bowed in reverence and respect to the newborn king. Then in keeping with their heritage, here it is, they gave gifts, gifts that were fitting for a king. Gold, a metal prized for its beauty and value. Frankincense, some of y'all don't know what it is. An aromatic resin, incense, that was made by cutting into the bark of trees and myrrh, a fragrance, spice, a perfume from a specific tree in Arabia. Now at first glance, we might expect that this caliber of welcome from this group of magi would discount the child as God's rescuing king for his people because outsiders just couldn't be the welcoming party for the insider's king. And yet, far from discounting this, this only served to further confirm that this child was indeed the Christ child of God. The Magi's visit echoed the scriptures that were already prophesied in Psalm 72 of the coming Messiah where it says, may the kings of Tarshish and of distant shores bring tribute to him. May the king of Sheba and Seba present him gifts. May all the kings bow to him and all nations serve him. The Magi welcomed him. And then as quickly as they arrived, they departed using the information provided them by God in a dream. And we never see or hear from them again. We don't know who they are. We don't know who they were. But that's their part in the Christmas story. So before I take my seat, and you can go out and find your last few deals on Christmas Eve. <laughs> I gotta give you one more thing. What was it that set them apart so that they were doing what nobody else was doing? What is it about these, this Magi 
What was it that enabled them to locate, to find, to discover, to recognize and acknowledge the Christ child as king, the one who would turn the calendars, change the world, turn it upside down, that in 33 years, things would never be the same. What was it about them that helped them to find him? Can I keep this? Can I share this with you? I don't want to keep you. Somebody like, go on and tell us. Here it is. You ready? Number one, they were looking. Ah, I know that you, you didn't get it because that's how it is when you see a surprise and don't know it's a surprise. That's the surprise in the entire story. And here's what you, I'm going to give you something that many people pay money to go to seminary to get. And I'm going to give it to you for free. Because the surprise in the text is a hermeneutical hint that as you interpret the stories of scripture, whenever you locate the surprise in the text, you've located the primary teaching point that needs to be made. Okay, that's why y'all quiet because y'all students right now. Stay quiet, you're gonna learn something. Because if you can't find the surprise in the text, keep looking until you find it. That's what separates good preaching from bad preaching from people who are just saying a bunch of cliches to, cliches to make you say something and people who are actually trying to show you the word of God. And the surprise here is repeated over and over and over. It's the word see, S-E-E. -E. The Magi see the star. Boy, y'all still ain't getting it. On their way out of Jerusalem, they see the star again and follow it until it stops at the house where the Christ child was. And when they see the star stop over the place where Jesus is, once they see the star over him, the text says they rejoice. And then they see the child with Mary. And verse 11 says that the Magi are repeatedly seeing while nobody else is looking. Because if you think about it, if you were a betting person and the, the odds on favorites actually uh, of those who would be actually looking for the birth of God's promised Messiah, the top bet would be the scribes and the Pharisees. Why not the priests, who, 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 those who transcribe the text? They know the scriptures. They teach it to everybody. They knew where the Messiah was going to be born. Effortlessly, they conveyed it to Herod when he inquired. So why weren't they camped out in Bethlehem? We don't know. But it's safe to say they probably weren't looking. Another bet would be Herod. He's the one with the most to lose. Should the Messiah rise to power, he was infamous for his insane grip on power and his itchy trigger finger to keep it. So with all that paranoia to keep his position and all of its perks, why wasn't he searching for the Messiah? Why is this the first time that he even bothers with it? If he thought uh, that it was beneath him, why didn't he just send some of his administration? We don't know. But it's safe to say he probably wasn't looking. 
And, and throughout the story, y'all, there's an expectation deficit. Say expectation deficit. Yeah, y'all can't say it either. Okay, listen. I'm going to take 15 seconds to just explain because I wonder how often do we miss what God is doing and how God is working. You, you've had 12 months almost. We, we at the end of it. I, did you miss what God has been trying to do in all this time that he's given you all the stuff that's going around you all the other stuff you're looking at many times we miss what God is doing in our own lives and how God is working and where God is moving directing and leading us because we really don't expect anything to happen that's an expectation deficit oh y'all not hearing me the reason we don't expect it is because we're not looking for it be honest. I need some honest Christians for just a moment. Are you looking for God to do anything in your life the rest of this year or even in 2024? Because God calls each of us, y'all hear me well, to live life expectantly forward. Another big word, expectantly forward, looking towards tomorrow. Somebody somewhere ought to just shout expectantly. Come on, look at your neighbor and say expectantly. Y'all, there's a reason that your windshield is so much larger than your rearview mirror, and it is this. We should always be concerned about where we're going more than about where we've been. Can I get somebody to help me here? We should always be more focused on what's coming than what's already passed. There always more ahead of you than there is behind you. Can I get some amens up in here? The long shot in the entire story is a group that we least expect to be looking for God's Messiah, the Magi. They had no stake in Israel having a king. They were not invested, and they had nothing to gain from it. No dog in the fight. No team in the running for the championship. Nothing to lose or gain in a king being born in Israel, but on the grounds of interest and the basis of curiosity, they're the only ones looking for the savior in the story. And it's not like they could see something that nobody else could see. It's that the wise men were actually looking while nobody else was. Unlikely, unusual, uncommon group of wise men actually looking and they saw the star that led them to Christ. Well, I can't stop saying it. Actually looking. That's what separated these wise men from everybody else on the scene and would put them in the position to respond. Actually looking is what separates those who can respond to God from those who don't know how to respond to God. Because as we actually look, you can actually see that God is moving. When you don't actually look, God can be moving and you don't even see it. When you actually look, you can see 
that God is working. When you actually look, you can see how God delivers. When you actually look, you can see how God makes ways out of no ways, how he pays bills and inspires dreams and secures futures and it provides insights and gives you stability and ability. How God is keeping you in spite of any kind of generational curses when you are actually looking. And that's what differentiates those who snap up opportunities from God, from those who never catch a break. Always down in the mouth. Nothing is working for you because you ain't actually looking. When you are actually looking, you can actually see God opening doors of possibility. When you are actually looking, it's what enables you to see what gifts that we can give personally to Christ at Christmas. Everybody in here has a gift. Look at your neighbor and say, you got a gift, you just got to use it. They were looking and they were able to give the gift of attention. You got to pay attention. And I'll be honest with you, I'm gonna give you this one for free. There's a lot of people in power that don't want you to pay attention. You, 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 you got to pay attention. But not only were they looking and given the gift of attention, they were seeing. So they were able to give the gift of anticipation. This will bless you if you get it. I know, it, I know, I know it's hard. I, I, just give me a few more moments because all of my honest people, just raise your hand. Okay, put your hands right back down. Put your hands down. I said honest people. Your hands shut up. You don't even know what I'm getting ready to ask, right? Listen, but for the, if you're honest, if you're honest, here's how here's I know that you're honest. We all miss some stuff. Now you can raise your hand. Lord, forgive me. I missed. I didn't see that. I I don't know what it was that got me distracted, but I I, I missed that. Maybe I was just too tired. Maybe, maybe I I don't know what was going on. I thought I was being spiritual, but but maybe maybe I'm just weary. Maybe I'm just tired. For whatever reason, sometimes we fail to actually look. Oh, y'all, I'm preaching to myself right now. And, And when we don't look, we can't see. Can I get about 10 more witnesses? I'll make 11. But for those of us who find ourselves in that mode, I I, I got good news. I'm not going to leave you hanging right there. Even when you ain't looking, guess what? God is still working. But here's what you got to do. You got to stop long enough and press the pause button and even in the midst of all this hustle and bustle and rush and blitz of Christmas and drive to get things done and, and, and working yourself into exhaustion and weariness, slow down, press the pause button, stand back and say, I got to take a look. Because if you stand back and pause and look, you'd be surprised what you might see. Spouses. Ah, I'm talking to the couples now who just needs some encouragement from you. Friends, family, people 
people who are close to you, who you're not even looking at, they're overwhelmed. They need your help and your support and your encouragement and your assistance. But you ain't stopping to look. You got to see people who are hurting. These babies need us. These kids need us. We need to see, y'all, that there are children that need to be nurtured, that there are marriages that need to be mended. We need to see, y'all, that there are families that need to be fortified, communities that need to be constructed, schools that need to be supported, futures that need to be forged, churches that need to be cultivated, faith that needs to be expressed, hope that needs to be shared, love that needs to be offered. You can't actually see until you actually look. It's the gift. You ain't got to wait to Christmas to see that and give that. When you see and recognize that God doesn't just commission us to give gifts at Christmas, he wants you to be a gift even before Christmas. It's only possible when you see for yourself as the Magi did and then do as the Magi did. It's only possible when we embrace Christ as our King whose throne was a manger, whose scepter was a cross. This king had a manger for a throne, had a cross for a scepter. But what they were doing that no one else was doing that allowed them to see and discover and acknowledge Christ is that they were looking. And so they were able to give the gift of attention. They were looking and so they were seeing and gave him the gift of anticipation. And I'm gonna let you go on this. I bothered you long enough. But finally, they were stepping. They gave him the gift of action. Remember, my friends, how they started this story. How this story started. They were from the east. They left from where they were in order to find him. That's a sermon, y'all. They left from where they were. Some of y'all are so comfortable where you are. But listen, they left where they were. Listen, they took a risk and stepped into the unknown. It's been said that if you risk nothing, the person who risks nothing, does nothing, has nothing, is nothing, and becomes nothing. Somebody else says it like this, you have to risk going too far to discover how far you can really go. This coming year, actually this moment right now, this is your moment. You came here on Christmas Eve in this overflow crowd, burning up in December because you wore an ugly sweater. You better preach. You better preach, Pastor. <laughs> this is your moment to look and give the Lord the gift of your attention, to see and give the gift of your anticipation, to step and give the gift of your action. I'm through preaching. They found the child. And the Bible says they worshiped him. Don't miss that, y'all. When they found that child, I know we got nativity scenes that show him as an infant. He was already two years old. 
And they brought gifts, they brought gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh, right? Three gifts, right? No. I'm getting ready to mess y'all up. They brought four gifts. You'll never see Christmas the same way again. Four gifts. The fourth gift they brought was their worship. The gift of praise. And if you ain't got nothing else to give God, you could give him a great big gift right now. Give him the gift of, you, you can do that this day. You can do it this moment. You could do it this week. You could do it this year. You could do it this, you were created to worship. You were made to worship. Isaiah says, I formed you for myself to declare my praise. And as you close out this year, don't watch, just worship. Don't just attend church, worship. Don't just pretend church, worship. Don't play church, worship. I wonder, is there anybody here who's got a praise on your lips? Where are my worshipers here? Where are my worshipers at? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him, heavenly hosts, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. I don't know how you feel about it, but I got to praise him. Is there anybody listening to me with a praise on your lips? I don't know about you, but I got to give him my praise. I'll lift my hands. I got to clap my hands. I got to nod my head. Is there anybody here who can just shout amen, who will give God your praise? Yes. I don't know how you feel about it, but with every breath, I'll praise him. With every step, I'll praise him. With every advance, I'll praise him. Every chance, I'll praise him. Every setback, I'll praise him. Every heartache, I'll praise him. Every pain, I'll praise him. Every time I ain't feeling good, I'll still praise him. In difficulty, I'll praise him. How you gonna do it? With my voice. With my dance, with my gifts, when I feel good, when I feel bad, hey, he's my rock, my sword and shield, he's my wheel, in the middle of a wheel, he will never let me down, he's just a jewel. Because of what he's done for me, he saved me, he raised me, he healed me, yeah, yeah, he calmed my fears, he dried my tears, extended my years, removed my doubt. Christmas. 
Stand on your feet wherever you are. Stand on your feet wherever you are. Just lift your hands to heaven with me if you don't mind. Father, we thank you for the baby, for your son. Thank you for Jesus. The greatest gift ever given. You so loved the world that you gave your only begotten son. Today we say thank you. And we give back to you ourselves. In Jesus' name, bless everyone whose hand is raised in this building right now. Touch them, Lord. Whatever they experience on tomorrow, let it be filled with joy and peace. In spite of all the commercial gifts and all of the, the packages and the, the wrapped stuff around the tree, help us to remember another tree where your arms were stretched, where they pierced you in the side, where you died for our salvation. But early one Sunday morning, you rose with all power in your hands. Help us to remember that tree, a tree, an old rugged cross where our sins were covered. And to that we say thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Let every heart say amen. amen. Come on and give God your praise right now. We're going to get ready to go in just a minute. We're going to extend an invitation. I'm going to do this. Listen, I want you all to know we've got some great people in this church. Joe Hubbard, why don't you just raise your hand where you are, brother? Joe Hubbard. Joe, that Joe. Just keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. I want you to look towards that brother right there. He is the head coach at East Central High School, football coach at East Central. My brother used to go to East Central, so if y'all missing some equipment, y'all can call him. <laughs> Amen. But he has won the Inspirational Coach of the Year. <laughs> Amen. We celebrate you, man. We're grateful to you, and we're praying for your continued success. Amen. And parents, if you got some kids, don't be trying to move them over to the East Central School District. Uh, just, uh, you know, do it legally. Amen. But they're doing well. We, we celebrate you, brother. If there's anything that we could do, let us know. We also want to, if you can, I know you're already working some things in our sports ministry at our church. Help us, guide us in 2024 as we move in that direction too here. Amen. We want our young people to be active. Amen. This is a time that we normally extend an invitation to two things, two things, two things. I want y'all to watch me closely, preachers. Here's, I want you to do the invitation like this. Here it is. All right. First of all, if you already have a church and you are in your church, but you're visiting today, we thank you for coming. And we pray that you would go back and be actively involved in your church. If you don't have a church and you're looking, you believe that God has led you here today to explore, even on Christmas Eve to find a church. Maybe you came here today and you weren't looking, but you were just invited or you just decided to be a guest. Either way, listen to the Holy Spirit. He's, he'll tell you and he'll guide you to the right place. Nothing happens by accident. It's all by divine providence. You're here 
to hear this invitation, my brother, my sister. Today is a good day to give God yourself. That's a great gift to give. That's what they gave. You could do that right now as I'm doing this invitation. You can move from where you are and say, I'm not, I don't care about these people looking at me. God has been too good to me. Today is my day to connect with the Lord. You can come right now. Come on, sister. God bless you. Amen. Stand right there. Stand right there. Stand right there. We got somebody. I need somebody to help me. Sheriffs, come on. Amen. Come on, give God praise. Look at God. Look at God. Look at God. Look at God. Y'all ain't making enough noise. Y'all are not making enough noise. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. somebody else is thinking about making a move right now for your future it's a good place it's a safe place family if you got young people if you got children if you got a family if you're by yourself it does not matter how you came today put your life in the hands of God you saying pastor I got to join a church to do that Christ died for the church that baby that was born the day that baby was born, the foundation of the church was being laid. He died for the church. And while he lived, he said, upon this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. What does that mean? That the church is actually doing battle with the devil, the enemy. And we are not on the defense. Y'all hear me? We're on the offense. We're not waiting for the devil to come and, and battle us. We, we are doing battle. We're spiritual warfare. Did you know every time you praise, you're doing battle with the enemy? Because the praise confuses your enemy. He can't tell what he's doing is working because you're praising God. And so he's trying to work overtime, trying to mess you up. But the more he tries to mess you up, the harder you are to praise. Don't let nobody, don't let nothing keep you from praising your God. Will you give him that gift today? Come on, come on, come on, come on, wherever you are. Maybe you're in the overflow room. I don't know who I'm talking to, but come on, I see you, I see you. Come on, come on, come on. Oh, praise God. God bless you. God bless you. Oh, your life is in my hands. Y'all ain't making enough noise. Come on, one more time. Somebody else.
give God another hand clap of praise for those who have joined the family of faith, for those who have joined the family of resurrection. And listen, listen, the invitation doesn't stop right here. Maybe the Holy Spirit didn't move on you right here, right now. Maybe it touches you on your way home. All you have to do is take out your phone whenever he does and text the word JOIN, J-O-I-N, uh, to 830-689-8074, and you can join that way as well. Amen? Amen. I mean, have, have we had a great time in worship today? Now, the title of the message was The Gifts You Give. Amen? Well, guess what? You have another opportunity to give back the gifts that were so graciously given unto you in your tithes and your offering. Amen. Come on, give God some praise. And so the way that you do that, listen, uh, maybe, maybe you were watching online, maybe you didn't, but if you do not know, at the 9 o'clock service, uh, we joined together with the Spanish service and worshiped together. Uh, amen. Amen. God is doing an awesome work here at Resurrection. Excuse me, Spanish-speaking service, Spanish-speaking service. And at that service, uh, our, our Spanish uh, leader, Pastor Milton, talked about how we have a sister church in Mexico. Let me, let me say that again. We have a sister church in Mexico, and we are only able to do that and support that ministry there by your gifts. Amen. And so if you are already giving, please, ma'am, please, sir, continue to give. If you have not yet, we pray that the Lord will touch your heart to do so. And again, all you have to do is follow the instructions on the screen and text RBC1 to 77977 so that we can continue to be a blessing to the body of Christ. Amen. 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 All right. So uh, you guys had some instructions on today to wear your Christmas sweaters, right? And so those of you who were obedient, I think uh, Minister Jack asked those of you who felt like you had the best sweater to stand up, we're gonna invite you now to come up on stage. If you feel like you have one of the best sweaters, don't lie. If you feel like you got one of the best sweaters, come up on stage. Come on, come on down. And even if you're in the overflow, if you're, even if you're in the overflow, we have some people there who will also be judging. Come on down, come on down. Come on down, come on, come on down, come on down. All right, all right. Okay, we got three, four, five, six. Oh, yeah, come on, brother, come on. All right, all right. So we got, come on, one, two, three. Six, seven, one more. Come on, little man. One. Come on, man. All right. So these are our contestants. Let's give them a round of applause. And so this, okay. so this is what's going to happen. This is Joanna. And Joanna is going to decide who our winners are for today, okay? So you gotta pick, you gotta pick. Who gets second place? 
and you gotta pick who gets first place. So first, show me who gets second place. Who gets second place? Whichever one you think is the best. Second place? All right. There you go, sir. That's for you. That's for you, sir. Blessings to you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. And first place? Woo! All right. All right. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Blessings, y'all. Hey, nothing wrong with having some fun in church, right? Amen. Thank God for our pastor, for being willing, for the word, first of all, but for being willing to be a blessing uh, to everyone and allowing us to come together and have a good time on this Christmas Eve. Amen. Let's stand as we get ready to go. Tomorrow is Christmas. And so on behalf of our pastor, Pastor Ray Brown, and the youth ministry, we want to wish you a Merry Christmas. All right, y'all ready? One, two, three. We wish you a Merry Christmas.